Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a little bedtime story. Remember, you can support me and the show by joining Patreon, where each episode is available ad-free. You can also buy merch to spread the good word of the gospel of Scare You to Sleep, and both are linked in the show notes. Now, this week we have a returning author, Zachary Brooks, who you might remember from their World War II-era vampire tale, The Nurse of the Countryside. Zachary also has a book for purchase on Amazon called Of Fear, Of Passion, which will also be linked in the show notes. If you like what you hear here today, and I know you will, please go support and grab your own copy. This week, I got to work outside my usual box a little, and I really enjoyed it. Presenting Phantasmagoria. This is Waverly Financial Aid. My name is Evelyn. How can I help you? I sighed. The voice that spoke through the phone was that of a cranky old grandmother who sounded like she lost her dentures. But I needed this job, so I wasn't going to judge her. I am very sorry, miss, but this isn't a Mexican restaurant. Yes, I I am definitely sure that we do not sell burritos. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You too, hun. Have a good day. I hung up the line. Another one? (laughs) My coworker asked me with a chuckle. No, I'm pretty sure that was the same old lady from yesterday. I glared playfully. But seriously, what is wrong with people? It's called being old, Evelyn. Marcus explained. Don't worry. You'll get there someday. Well, what do I have to do to prevent that? I asked. Marcus hesitated for a minute while he thought, I suppose you could die. I smiled. He frowned. I am not going to shoot you, Evelyn. You know I don't support guns. They aren't called butcher knives for nothing, Marcus. I explained with a matter-of-fact attitude. I can't. It's an environmental thing. Where do you think the materials to make knives come from? I asked. Evelyn, if I was a science expert, I would be at Harvard, not here in a financial aid office full of middle-aged straight white men who have a midlife crisis every half hour. I always loved that about Marcus. He was always honest and was never afraid to say what was on his mind. I didn't know if that was because of his ADHD or his girl boss energy, but I liked it. He was confident and proud of what he said. He was my best friend and my only friend. I wasn't hot or beautiful or smart like all the other girls. I was thin and frail, like a skimpy chihuahua, and I never graduated high school. Like Marcus, my parents were divorced and... That got in the way of my education. Eating became a struggle, and I just stopped caring about things altogether. The house I grew up in sat on a large field. 
My mother and father had their first date in that field and decided to build their dream house there. But I guess their dreams died. Mom and Dad fought a lot. Mom told me Dad was a drunkard and he got violent sometimes. So she threw him out and raised me on her own. What are you an expert in? I asked. Environmentalism, he replied. Go green, people. We're killing ourselves by killing the earth. Global warming is real. Don't come crying to me when a polar bear shows up on your doorstep begging for food because Antarctica was wiped from existence. Then why don't you go do something about these issues? Because I'm poor. Duh. He looked at me as if he was ashamed I even asked such a question. This shirt is from a garage sale, Evelyn. He whispered. I'm ashamed to even be at work today. I must admit that the mustard-colored polo shirt did not compliment his complexion in the slightest, but I wasn't going to say that to his face. Doing so would go against my moral code. There were several more calls throughout the rest of our shift, but none of them were of much importance to the company. The shift ended as night came, and Marcus suggested that we go to a bar. I said I would only go if it wasn't another gay bar, and he agreed. The bar was downtown by the docks. It looked rather small on the outside, but the interior was quite large. It was dimly lit, and the smell of whiskey and vomit radiated off the middle-aged countrymen who were too drunk to indulge themselves in an intelligent conversation. I could tell by the look on Marcus's face that he didn't want to be there. For a brief moment, I pondered about bringing up the idea of going to a new bar, but I didn't want to be rude. After all, I was the one responsible for us being here. Are you ready? I smirked as I extended an arm in my friend's direction. Nope. He gulped, but that's what alcohol is for, so let's go. Hand in hand, we strutted across the trash-covered floor and found a spot at the back end of the bar. There were even fewer lights in this corner of the building, which was a bit nerve-wracking seeing as I was a woman with a very feminine gay male at my side. Half of the men in this building already had their eyes on me. It was weird, but... It wasn't out of the ordinary for a bar, so I just tried my best to ignore it. The lady at the bar was nice, and she told me there was pepper spray in each of the bathroom stalls in case of an emergency. I wasn't quite sure how legal that was, but I appreciated the fact that they took precautions to keep women safe. Marcus ordered a vodka cranberry, and I ordered a beer. But one led to two, two led to three... And before long, I was trauma-dumping and crying into my friend's arm. Three led to four, four led to five. Then, the liquid reached my bladder. I'm going to the bathroom. My words were slurred, and I realized that I had pet Marcus's head as if he were a puppy as I got up from my seat. It took me a few minutes to shove past the other people, and I got knocked against the wall a couple of times, but I finally made it to the toilet. The bathroom itself was rather disgusting. There was a bloody tampon on the counter by the sink, and they were out of toilet paper. But I had to pee. 
I sat down on the stained toilet seat and relieved myself. Just as I was about to get up, something strange happened. The reality around me seemed to morph and change before my eyes. Solid materials melted away and rebuilt themselves up again. I pulled up my pants and found myself in a hallway. Dark, sleek, and almost crystalline-type walls surrounded me. The floor below appeared to be a sheet of glass atop some dark and viscous liquid. The entire corridor radiated with various shades of charcoal and gray. I felt like I had stepped back into an old western film. It was unreal. What I found the most interesting was the light. The hall was lit, but I couldn't find a light source. The only thing I could see in front of me and behind me was a black void that radiated a sharp buzzing sound. I looked up at the ceiling only to find an absence of light bulbs. I took a few steps forward into the black void to find that the light was following me. The place I once stood only moments ago was now engulfed by the dark void. It didn't make any sense. Where was Marcus? Where was the bar? Marcus? I called out. But the only response I got was the reverberating sounds of my own voice bouncing off the walls. Hello? Maybe it's the alcohol, I thought. Maybe I was too drunk for my own good. But if that were true, then why was I surrounded by unnerving silence? A pit in my stomach created a feeling of claustrophobia, and my anxiety began to set in. I took a few more steps into the dark void, only to be greeted by another few yards of the dismal hallway. Once again, the blackness devoured the place I once stood, and the source of light radiating around me was still nowhere to be found. Thoughts danced in my head, and I began to feel as though... I was being watched. I couldn't explain it, but I could feel the weight of eyeballs staring through the black void behind me. The sensation made me feel like prey being hunted down in the dark shadows of the woods. Marcus? I called out again. Marcus, is that you? With great caution, I slowly took a step back in the hopes of getting some kind of audible response. A subtle breeze of wind swept lightly across my face, and the void behind me had become impossibly darker. I had never experienced a black so dark that I could physically feel its weight on me. The darkness felt like it was trying to come near me and crush my body nearly petrified with fear. I stood frozen for what felt like hours before continuing my journey down the corridor. 
I hadn't gotten far when there was a loud pop. I awoke in my office cubicle. Phones rang and I was absolutely confused. I didn't know what happened or why I was back at work. What the hell is wrong with you, Evelyn? An angry Marcus exclaimed. What? I stuttered. I was confused and disassociated. Marcus slammed down a stack full of paper that had overlapping words printed on their front side. You put printed paper in the printer. Look at my files, he screeched. You should be glad I'm not firing you. What was he talking about? Marcus couldn't fire me. He was a member of the help desk like me. You can't fire me, I barked. You aren't the manager. His eyes grew dark. Excuse me? I was the manager who hired you. Watch your mouth. No. That was... That was impossible. Marcus started working for the company six months after I did. He wasn't a manager at all. Are you drunk? I asked him. What happened at the bar last night? I don't remember leaving. There was a dark hallway and... I don't go to bars... Marcus interrupted. My girlfriend used to be an addict, so I stay away from alcoholic substances. Girlfriend? Marcus was gay and very single. The most intimate relationship he ever had was with a guy named Ryan who he hooked up with on some dating website. What? Marcus, stop screwing around. You're gay, and you've never been in a serious relationship with anyone. I was beginning to get scared. Just stop and help me with the phones. I noticed the blue polo shirt he was wearing that ever so graciously contained a nameplate that read Marcus Laverne, manager. My eyes widened, and my throat went dry. It was like I had stepped through space and time into an alternate reality. Upon opening my mouth to speak, I was met with yet another horrifying shock. What the hell is wrong with you, Evelyn? Marcus clamored once more. You put printed paper in the printer. Look at my files. He screeched. You should be glad I'm not firing you. His voice was different as he spoke. It was distorted and almost sounded robotic. I noticed that his lips hadn't moved either. You already said that, I said slowly. Are you okay? (laughs) Laughing. Pure, maniacal laughing. The noise echoed across the building. Then, all of a sudden, another Marcus appeared. I couldn't believe my eyes. There were two identical images of Marcus standing in my office. Almost in unison, they spoke. What the hell is wrong with you, Evelyn? They shouted apathetically. 
You put printed paper in the printer. Look at my files. You should be glad I'm not firing you. you. What in God's name is going on? I gulped as I jumped out of my seat and backed against the wall. I'm sorry, but there is no God within reach of this domain. They said once again, in nearly perfect unison. Neither the forces of heaven or hell can hear your cries. The reality around me warped back to that gray hallway. It was different this time. I thought that it couldn't get any more disturbing, but I was wrong. The floor and walls were no longer painted gray, but rather covered in large splatters of blood. The sound of bones crunching emanated from the black enigma that I was all too familiar with. Was someone chewing something. Then, the sounds of large, heavy, and slow footsteps rang through my ears. It was headed in my direction. Species identified. Classification. Level 5. Intelligent species classification. Human. A raspy voice announced. I ran. I don't know why, but I did. The mysterious light guided me down the hallway, and the footsteps behind me became more frequent and alarming. One foot in front of the other. It wasn't that hard. Why did I feel like I wasn't getting anywhere? The hall just stretched out more and more. There were no corners, no windows, and no doors to be found anywhere. It was just a long and narrow hall without any end. Losing my footing, I tripped over my own feet and fell. I expected my face to collide with the glass floor, but it didn't. Instead, I phased through the ground as if it had never even been there. I was falling through the air. It wasn't until my feet touched the ground that I noticed I was in yet another mysterious room. The room was red, blood red, and cold. It was small and had no door. Each wall was covered with large mirrors that stretched from floor to ceiling. All around, I was surrounded with infinite reflections of myself, but each one had a distinctly different expression slapped across their face. The one in front of me stood still, with a large, shining smile, while the one behind me was crying. The reflection to my right was staring across the room into the reflection on my left. Her eyes were dark and heavy, like she had been crying. I could see her body trembled, and it wasn't until I looked into the left mirror that I realized why. I also noticed that the left mirror was the only mirror that had been cracked. Torn in half, my reflection stood in a mindless daze. Behind her was a tall, 
black, reptilian creature who had its tongue inside the reflection's ear. The creature looked like it was feeding off the person in the mirror. I couldn't help but gasp. Somehow, the living images in the mirrors must have heard me, because there was a heavy shift in the room's energy. They're coming. <laughs> the smiling imposter stated with a forced chuckle. Run, piggy, run. Another reflection stated. The reptilian creature's green eyes darted towards me. His grotesque tongue retracted back into its mouth and my duplicate fell to the ground as black ooze poured from her mouth and nose. I think she was dead, but I couldn't concern myself with that. The mirror was cracking even more. One crack led to three, then to seven, until the boundaries of the glass couldn't handle the force and shattered into pieces upon the ground. The reality once again released itself from the laws of science and rationality as the glass shards began to grow into a silhouette. Glass turned to scales, and there it was, standing before me with inhuman eyes. Its face was flat, and it had no nose. Six rows of teeth filled its mouth, and its broad shoulders gave way to large arms and clawed hands and feet. Once more, I was transported to someplace new. Only this time, I was not inside my body. I was looking at it from above as if it was a video game or a movie. The room itself looked like a hospital OR, only more distinct and more technologically advanced. My body was strapped onto a bed and sharp objects lay on the table beside me. There were hooded figures in the room, who I thought at first to be humans, like myself. But I saw the long, forked tongue of one of the figures and instantly recognized it as the reptilian monster. The ship needs fuel. One of the hooded figures snapped. Hurry up! His voice sounded like some sort of snake. Extract our memories, or the American government will have our heads. The American government, I thought. My mind traveled back to the days of being an adolescent teenager who watched too many conspiracies on the internet. The government he was referring to had to be the domain of Area 51. They were aliens. I wasn't dreaming I had been abducted by aliens. The bright light I had seen back at the bar must have been a tractor beam or something. But what did they do with my memories? There was no way that someone's memory was their ship's fuel source. Right? I had to do something. I couldn't let them probe me, but what was there to do? I was staring down at my body. I had no control over what was happening. 
All I needed was that ear-piercing pop. Throughout all of this, that strange noise had been my saving grace in a cruel and sadistic way. The creatures drew closer to my unconscious body. I tried to scream for my body to react in some way, but I was unable. All I could do was stare down at myself. It was humiliating. They drew even closer. Some of them now had hold of the sharp tools and were leaning over my chest. No! I shouted, please stop! But no one could hear me. I was ethereal. Come on, Evelyn! Wake up! I begged. Wake up! I was back inside my body. I thought I was safe. But I opened my eyes to find that I was still strapped to the bed, and the creatures were still huddled around me, speaking in their native tongue. Now awake, I screamed. Help me! Please, somebody help me! This wasn't supposed to happen. When the pop sounded, I was supposed to teleport away from the creatures. Why was this happening? I didn't want to die, but something deep down told me that I had reached my end. A sharp pain ripped through my left ear and traveled through my skull. I could smell the rotting stench of the creature's breath, and I knew that he had his tongue inside my head. It didn't stop there. Pain once more. But in my stomach, they were cutting me open. I could feel the blood running down my sides. A hellish scream escaped my lips, and I could no longer string words together to form a desperate cry for help. The sharp blade went deeper into my stomach, and another penetrated my right arm. I could feel the creature's tongue moving inside my head as if it were searching for something. Whatever it was, they must have found it. Because, for a brief moment, the world went black. When sight returned, I was, once again, outside of my body. But I wasn't staring down at the body that I knew. I was a child, standing in the middle of a large field. I must have been five or six, but I instantly recognized what day it was. It was the day that Dad left. Two dolls filled my younger self's hands as I watched her playfully skip through the grass while singing an old church hymn. I remembered how happy I felt at that moment. The gentle breeze brushed my face, and the sunset was almost upon us. I was so excited to catch some fireflies. But at the time, I didn't know that I would never catch any that night any of the nights that followed. Even from above, I could hear my parents arguing and throwing things around. My younger self stopped in her tracks 
as she heard the bickering too. Don't worry, Mrs. Pumpkin, the child said. Everything will be okay. No, I called out. It's not okay, Evelyn. You need to move. She couldn't hear me. But I knew what would happen next. First, there would be the sounds of a gun firing three times. Next, after more angry yelling, my father would run out the front door and stumble around as blood poured from his shoulder. Then, Mom would come running out with a rifle, pointed to Dad's head, and yell for me to go back inside. I remember all of it. All these years, it had lived in my mind like it had only happened moments ago. But it hadn't happened moments ago. It happened 24 years ago. I counted the shots as the noise echoed through the air. One. Two. Three. My younger self jumped and let out a squeal of fright as Dad was supposed to be running out of the house. But the bleeding figure that stumbled around was not Dad. It was one of those reptilian creatures. I stared down at the unfolding scene in complete disbelief. No! I shrieked. No! Mom had shot Dad. I knew she did. My younger self began to cry at the large black monster that stood only yards away. Bobby! She screamed. Tears streamed down her face. My mother's voice was sharp and demanding. Get inside the house, Evelyn. She ordered. Go and lock yourself in the bedroom. Like the good little girl I was. I listened. I expected reality to warp once more. But it didn't. I waited for that pop. But it didn't come. So I watched. Get off my property. My mother shouted at the alien. Get off this planet and never come back. She fired another round into the creature's shoulder. The creature's body shook and contorted. The sound of bones snapping rang through the sky. Black scales became tan flesh. And there he was. I realized then that my father was a reptilian creature. Bloody and afraid, he lay trembling on the ground with a gun to his head. She needs me, he pleaded. I'm her father. The rifle clicked ready to fire another round. You are nothing more than a monster. My mother barked back. Now get off my property before I load six rounds between your eyes. I can't leave without her memories. My father explained. 
I have to have the memories of someone who shares my blood. You know this. You are not killing my daughter. My mother's voice was shrill and stern. Go make some more babies and leave. You've torn this family up enough. Just go! Pointing to the sky, she fired a warning shot. Pop. The popping sound was my mother's gun. It was the thing that kept me safe all those years ago. But it wasn't going to keep me safe now. Like a sick nightmare, I was back in my body, bound to the table. I couldn't even think now. I could just feel. I could feel the physical pains of my body being dissected as well as the mental and emotional pains at the knowledge that my own father was the one who would bring my demise. It was cruel. Why are you doing this? I sobbed. Dad, please stop. It hurts. One of the creatures froze dead in their tracks. I'm truly sorry, Eleanor. It growled. Just know that I have always loved you. Eleanor! I sobbed. He didn't even remember my name. Pop. I awoke in a daze. Lying on a filthy bathroom floor. My head spun and I had no idea where I was. My body ached, but I used what little energy I had to get up and find the door. I opened it and stepped into a large area full of men and women partying and getting too touchy with each other. I had no idea how I got there. So I went to find the exit. That's when a man grabbed my arm. Evelyn! I've been shouting your name! You walked right past me! He said. Are you okay? The man was of short stature, and he wore an ugly yellow shirt. His face and voice were very feminine, and he talked as if he knew who I was. I'm sorry... Do I know you? I asked. The man froze and his ears turned red. He looked as if he were about to cry. That's not funny, he said softly with a sharp tone. You know who I am. We work together, Evelyn. It's me, Marcus. Your best friend? Jesus Crow. How much did you drink? I felt as though I was supposed to know who he was, but I was completely clueless. I had no memory of ever seeing this man. In fact, I had no memory of anything. 
Do you know who I am? I asked. I, I think I hit my head or something. I don't remember anything. He looked at me like I was stupid. <sighs> okay. We need to get you home. He declared as he drug me across the room. He opened the door and my face went pale. We were standing in a gray hallway. I looked out the window to see a vast array of stars and planets floating across a black abyss of nothingness. Are we in space? He shouted in disbelief. Where's the parking lot? His grip on me grew tighter and he drug me back inside the door we had just used to make our exit. The room was different now. What was once full of colorful people was now filled with large, black monsters with forked tongues. Do you know them? I asked the man. But all he did was tremble before falling unconscious onto the floor. Thanks for listening. Thank you again to this week's author, Zachary Brooks. This story was so much fun to edit. I don't get to do space stuff too often. I don't get a lot of space stories, surprisingly. Um, I'm terrified of space, so these are always very effective on me. And I got to use a lot of songs and sound effects that I've been itching to use but have never found a place for. Um, You know, stuff that's a little too um, electronic to use anywhere else other than space. It just screams space. Some of these just scream space. You can't use them anywhere else. Um, So yeah, a little cosmic horror for you. I thought this story was excellent. A lot of fun. So this week I made... No, I didn't... I made cinnamon rolls last week. What did I make this week? I I don't... I don't know. Um, I don't remember. It's been a crazy week over here at... um, That was my chair. That was my chair. That was not me. That was my chair. I, my chair has gotten extra squeaky. Remember my old really creaky chair that drove me up the wall and probably a few of you as well? This one is getting there. Um, this one, <laughs> my old chair was a leftover from a, uh, a roommate that just left it. And this one, my husband found, was or it was going to go in a dumpster. They were throwing them out at his work. So it's it's it was already in rough shape when I got it. Um, yeah, you know, I like to, I like to recycle. So, but this one, there's a giant hole in the seat. It's not glamorous over here. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you pictured me recording from like a, a beautiful haunted mansion or something. Um, but you know, maybe someday with your help, if you go join Patreon, (laughs) imagine that that was an earnest transition by me, help me by help me purchase a, a haunted mansion. You know, someday, someday maybe, I have some opportunities coming up that are very exciting. Very, very exciting. I 
I actually thought I could tell you the big one today, but um, I didn't quite get the official go-ahead. Like, I don't think I would be in trouble if I told you, but like, I'm gonna hold off. Just, I think one more week. One more week. I know I've been hyping this up so much. I promise it was... It's also been on a lot for me, too, and a lot of others involved. It was just, it took a while for some legal stuff. I think I said last week is like red tape stuff that just had to, you know, some people had to cross some T's and dot some I's, and sometimes that takes a while for reasons that were um, never disclosed to me, but they did, and it's okay now because everything's cool. Everything's cool. Um... Yeah, it's been a crazy week. Um, I I think I'm going to do a little bit of a, a ramble uh, video on Patreon soon because I just have a lot to talk about. I have a lot of new stuff coming up. Um, I have a lot of emotions right now. Um, <laughs> some behind the scenes stuff that I want to talk about. Um, some struggles and wins that I just, I don't think um, a majority of my audience really... Um, cares to hear which is fine that's not judgment it's just true and I think Patreon is a little more intimate so I'm gonna get a little more intimate over there um okay we'll go follow the show on uh Instagram Twitter I have been doing Instagram more lately by the way I don't know if you've noticed I don't know if um some of my uh 5,000 followers have noticed I have been much more up on my Instagram game I turned the notifications back on <laughs> go figure um, so yeah, I've been more active there, so feel free, me, free to, you know, tag me and interact with me there. Um, Twitter, you can follow the show there, both of them at Scary to Sleep again. Linktree in the show notes is where you find everything. You find the merch. Merch has been so much fun. I saw so many of you participated in the, um, the, the sale that I had going on through the month of May for 20% off. That was great. Um, so thank you so much to those of you who bought uh, merch. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, yeah, and uh, I should be having one more item coming out that's going to be like a summer exclusive item. It's just the design. Everything takes time. Everything takes time. I don't know if you know this. Everything takes time. And I'm still only a one-man show over here. So <laughs> I had someone ask me recently... Um, how far ahead, like, are you, like, months ahead on the podcast where it just comes out, like, you have, like, a bunch of them in the bag, and they just kind of, it's like, <laughs> uh, that would be smart, but no, I'm not, I do this week to week, week to week, sometimes I do it ahead of time if I have something due um, the week after, and I have the time, but I still do this week to week, hoping to someday get ahead, that'd be great. Oh, one thing I can announce, and you've probably heard it twice now because I just realized I probably should have put it in the beginning of the show, but I didn't, is I am going to be live at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach this July. So if you are headed to that amazing convention, it's so cool. I've never gotten to go, and it looks so cool. I've watched, every year I watch videos of like vloggers who go, and I am so excited to have been asked by my friend Sapphire Sandalo to be a part of Midsummer Scream. And it's going to be me and Sapphire and Andrew Tate and Brandon from Odd Trails. And of course, also Let's Not Meet. Um, it's going to be such a fun time. You can come meet me and hug me and smell my hair while you hug me. And, um, you know, all the fun things that come with meeting someone at a convention. 
uh, yeah, let's 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 meet. Let's shake hands. Let's give ghost hugs if you're not comfortable with hugs. Finger guns. Love a finger gun. Let's take pictures together. Let's chat. Um, please show up. Please don't make me look like a loser. Please, someone show up. Please, God, someone show up. <laughs> uh, it's my first ever live. Thing at all. So I will be reading a story at a little, I think it's going to be called like a storyteller's cafe. I'm probably getting that wrong, but it, yeah, I'm going to be there. It's again, first like live thing ever. I'm so nervous and so excited and I can't wait to see some of you there. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I think we're going to have a table um, the, the four of us and, um, I'll have, I'll be passing out something. I haven't figured out what yet, but I'll be passing out something probably on stickers or postcards of postcards. I think that'd be cute. Um, and wear your merch, come wear your merch and I'll sign it for you. Oh God. I've never signed like a thing in person before. Ah, that'd be cool. Uh, so yeah, come say hi and celebrate my first live thing with me let me see some of you and touch some of you oh that's i was already weird it's already been weird i've been i've already made it weird made it weird a long time ago i made it weird when i started the show that's when i that's when it was made weird okay i'm gonna go i think i'm going to make some um ragu with some leftover pot roast i made this week which was so good i know pot roast sounds so boring but when you realize you don't have to make it like dry and awful like you know the great aunt bessie did it's so good and it's so versatile there's only two of us so i always have leftovers and now i can can make this cool ragu out of it i don't know so i'm gonna go do that um i hope you all have an excellent week until i see you next time um, come see me at Midsummer Scream if you're in the area or you happen to be going to Midsummer Scream. Um, go subscribe on all the things. Um, yeah, and if you want uh, more of me, there's Patreon and there's bonus episodes and things. And yeah, okay, that's all now. I love you. Um, drink your water. It's getting hot. It was. I was sweating in my apartment today already, and you better be drinking water. And if I see you, if I see you in Long Beach at Midsummer Scream and you don't have water on you, oh, it's going to be bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. I also can't. I don't think that they would allow me to, like, chastise the guests. But whatever. Okay. <laughs> Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.